0: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's only 11.19. Hallelujah. And uh, as Joy said, man does not live on mac and cheese alone, but on every word. So we should have some word. I would like... Uh, this morning to use the example of uh, baptism to remind us of the new life that we have uh, in Christ uh, and, uh, and also connect that into Back to Church Sunday. Did you know this is Back to Church Sunday? Um, and I'm thankful for that because the thing we need in America is for America to go back to church. You know, we, we used to go to church. As a, as a nation, there was more who went than didn't. Things were working out pretty good. And now, now very few go, and things aren't working out so great. So I think we ought to try coming back. We ought to go back back to church. And uh, I, I say that because, because what we need is Jesus. Like if you're wondering what you need, you need Jesus. I think maybe even some Christians need to really come back to Him. And our nation certainly needs a, needs a coming back to Jesus. Jesus. When we drift from Jesus, we drift from truth, from wisdom, from righteousness, from, from freedom and prosperity. Now we need to come back to Jesus. And uh, I still think that you'll find Him where His bride is. That you find Him in His church. You know, if you, if you go to the, the right church... Churches that are Bible-believing and Jesus-preaching. So let's, um, let's start here at Romans 6 and be reminded of, of what takes place, what baptism represents. Um, be reminded of the new life that we have uh, in Jesus. Romans 6, 1 uh, you, you remember following, following chapter 5, chapter 5 uh, ends with the, you know, where, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. Uh, so then there's this, this question that Paul follows up and he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, he clearly answers it, by no means, exclamation point. So, so by no means. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? What? what? We've died? We have died? And, and so we're, we're not living in it any longer? What does that mean? Well, he goes on here to explain to us. Or, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Focusing in here on a new uh, life. You see, when we, when we come to Jesus and we see him for who he truly is and we put our faith and trust in him, we cry out to him and say, Save me and come into my heart and and rule and reign and dwell in my heart. Be my savior and my Lord. Now, by the way, Ephesians 3 does say that that he, will, that he will dwell in our hearts through faith. And he comes into our lives and rules and reigns within us. That what, what happens is we are united with him in his death. And united with Him in His resurrection. And so baptism is this great uh, picture for us. And, and, and declaration that, that we have been, as we go down into the water, buried with Him and died to sin. And as we come out of the water, alive to righteousness, to, to, to no longer live for ourselves, but to live for Him who died for us. You know, 2 Corinthians 5. We live now a new life. We are a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. Right? Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life I now live, let me add this in, Is a new life. The life I now live is a new life. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. We are new. We have been changed and transformed. One of the main themes of the New Testament, you will see it all over the place, is this new life... (coughs) Let me get a coffee break. Praise the Lord. This new life that we we have in Christ. And this new life is good. And it's a whole lot better than the old one. This new life I experience and see and live in the goodness of God. We have have died to sin, we have risen again to live a new life, and we live for the Father, we live for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we are not, we are not yet, uh, you know, 1 John 3, we're not yet everything that we're going to be, but we are changed and transformed from what we used to be. And we now live a new life. So so what is that what does that new life look like is maybe a good question. What does it, what does it resemble? Um, how, how, can I, how can I understand it and, and recognize it? Well, um, you know, we spend a lot of our <laughs> remaining life, the, the remainder of our lives trying to figure that out. But, but let me give you just a, just a quick look at it. At what this new life looks like and, and how really simple and beautiful and life giving that it is. I wanna I wanna turn to uh, to Luke chapter 10. Um Luke chapter ten, this is this has just been stirring in me. And and I think we need to hear this. I think the people of God need to hear this. Luke 10 uh, thirty eight this is a probably a familiar story to you. This is where uh, Jesus is, is traveling uh, and he comes to Martha and Mary's house. And, and what Jesus says here is life changing, powerful. Many of us need to hear it because, because it's, it's almost a call to believers. For a shift and a change. Now, uh, Jesus by this time has already, you know, done some amazing things and has and has become quite a famous figure. So when he comes into town, um, you know, I think I think Mary and Martha are pretty excited that he's there. And and welcome him into their into their home. <laughs> I was thinking about a we watched this video the other day of. Of um, Elvis singing. What what show was he on? What the the, you know, like the Late Show, old time. I can't think of it. Yeah, but not but not him. Before that, um, Ed Sullivan. That's right, Ed Sullivan's show. Yeah, little before me. Um, and and he so he comes out on, on there and he sings ain't nothing. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Is that, is that what he's saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> crying all the time. You ain't never caught a rabbit and you ain't no friend of mine. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> Lord help me. I don't know. And uh, you can't see the crowd. But you, they are going crazy. You can't even hardly hear him sing because they're going nuts over this, over this kid that can shake his hips and sing. He'd become, he'd become incredibly famous, you know? It's probably a bad analogy, but I think Mary and Martha might be a little bit right there with Jesus. They're, they're like... Jesus is here at our house. And Martha's like, everything better be good. Everything's got to be right. Everything's got to be fixed and nice and, and straight. And I've, I'm just, I, I think I'm just being Holy Spirit led right here because I can promise you when I was, this morning I did not think about singing you ain't nothing but a hound dog. We'll blame it on the Holy Spirit anyway. Uh, he, so he's, he's there in their house. So I just wanted you to get the, the way that they're feeling in this. And, and Martha's got to have everything right. Martha opens her home to him. 39, and she, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that, that my sister has left me to do the work by myself, tell her to help me. So so you can see, Martha's like, man, everything's got to be right. Jesus is here. And Mary's like, man, Jesus is here. I'm going to go sit at his feet. I want to listen to what he says. He might sing. I'm going to scream when he does. I do not understand that, by the way. It makes no sense to me. Mm. How many of you have ever screamed at a at a no, don't raise your hand. <laughs> so Jesus says, tell her to help me. And Jesus responds and he says, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are, you are worried and upset about many things. If you read some other translations, you get you get anxious and upset or worried and troubled and fearful and distressed about not just things, right, but about many things. He says, Martha, Martha speaks to her. Now, Now, Martha, I, you know, I think we could include her in the church, right? I mean, she's opened her home, invited Jesus in. She's wanting to serve him and make everything right, have the house just the way it needs to be, the food just the way it needs to be. She's not anti-Christ, she is for him, and yet there's something just a little out of whack in her, in her relationship with him, in the life that she's living for him. She's, she's worried, upset, troubled, anxious, fearful about a, about a great many things. She said, Jesus speaks to her and says, Martha, Martha, man, you're carrying a lot. Worried about a lot, troubled about a lot, upset about a lot. And you know, if I were just to take a, a shot, I would say that that there's probably quite a few believers, quite a, th- a few Christians who are right here, who Jesus this morning might would need to come to him and say, Come on, double say your name, Martha, Martha, relax. Slow down. Let it go. I'm not singing that. Mm. <laughs> Chill out. You're holding too much. You're worried about too much. There's a lot of things going on that you're troubled by. Martha, that's, that's, that's not what I want for you. I wonder, I wonder this morning, are you worried and troubled about a great many things? Are you overloaded, weighed down, knees buckling under the burden? Are you, are you so worried about it that you're starting to get upset with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Right? She's, she's so overloaded with stuff that it's making her mad at Mary. She's like, Lord, you, you better talk to my little sister now. You better have a conversation I'm doing everything, she's not doing everything, tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. Now what Jesus is going to say here is powerful. He says, but, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. But only, or other translations, only, only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen something better, and I'm not taking that from her. What did Mary choose? Mary chose Jesus' presence. It was to sit at His feet and listen to what He has to say. He said, Jesus is in my house. I've got the opportunity to sit at His feet and hear His voice. Hear His words. That's where I'm going to be. That's where I want to be. And Jesus says, that's where you need to be. He says, Martha, that's where you need to be as well. You need to be sitting, listening. Mary has chosen something that is better. I'm not going to take that away from her. So there is, there is, there is one, one way of living uh, and here then there's another, right? There is this, there is the, you know, we give Martha a hard time. I don't want to give Martha a hard time. We're just, she's a good lady, all right? She's going to hear the Lord. There's going to be some change and transformation. I'm not trying to give Martha a hard time. I'm just trying to identify two different paths that we can go down, right? There, there's this one where, where we can be worried and troubled, and working, and, and laboring, and trying to hold it all together. Or there's the other one where we can fix our gaze on Jesus, and settle ourselves down in his presence, and listen to what he has to say. And Jesus brings out both of them, and he said, really what Mary's chosen is better, and I'm not taking, her, I'm not taking that. I'm not rebuking that. How many of you would love right now? How many of you can think of somebody you just want Jesus to rebuke? Like, man, all they do is, all they do is trust in Jesus. It's annoying. Lord, all they're doing is trusting in you. All they do is believe in you. All of their hope is in you. They're like smiling and filled with joy. Don't they see what's going on in the world, Lord? You rebuke them. Call them out. Tell them what a mess they are. Right? Jesus is saying, no, I'm not. He's... If you trust in Jesus and you settle down at his feet and your gaze is on him, your eyes are fixed on him, and you're listening to what he has to say and living for him and through him and by him, he's not going to rebuke that. He's not going to call you out. He's going he's to rebuke the others and say, no, 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 they've chosen what's better. I'm not taking that Away from them. Maybe it's time not only for, for the unchurched to come back to church, but for the churched, the Christians, to come back to Jesus. And to believe in Him. And listen to Him. And live for Him. And sit at His feet. If, if, if you start with Jesus and you end with Jesus, and everything in between is Jesus, then you will be okay. Because what Jesus says in line with this in Matthew 6, you remember it? He says don't worry about this, and don't worry about that, and don't worry about that other thing, and don't try to carry this. He says that's what the pagans do. right?" That's what the world does. The world is anxious and worried and troubled and upset. They're trying to hold it all up and hold it all together to provide, to protect, to lead, to guide, to fix it all. And they are burdened down, worried, upset about it, about everything. But Jesus says, don't do that. Don't worry about that. What does he say? He says, but seek first. His kingdom and His righteousness, I'm gonna take care of all those other things. You say, well, who's gonna take care of all the other stuff? Didn't you see Martha saying that? Right? Somebody's gotta do it. Who's gonna do it? Jesus says, seek first His kingdom, His righteousness. I'm gonna do all these other things. I'm gonna take care of all these other things. You say, well, what about the work? Somebody's got to do the work. What about the work that God has called us to? Well, Jesus addresses that question in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, uh, starting in, in uh, 25, 625, Jesus has, has um, you remember, fed, fed the 5,000, walked on the water, and then, uh, then we come here. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, uh, when did you get here? Remember, because he walked across. Well, walked to the boat anyway. And uh, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill, because he had fed, fed the 5,000. Then he says this, Do not work for, for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. On who? On the Son of Man, on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So so then again, we raise the question: Well, well, you know, don't work for food. What in the world? Then he said. Then he asked him, "What must we do to do the works that God requires?" And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. He said, Well, what about, what about the work? Well, here's the work. Here's, here's the work. The work is Jesus' feet, his presence, listening to what he has to say. He said, Well, who, who's going to provide for the food? Well, well, if you're at Jesus' feet, his presence, listen to what he's going to say. You're not going to be a lazy person. Right? You're going to go and you're going to work for your food, but you're not going to work for your food because you're worried and upset and troubled and feel like you've got to care for yourself and provide for everything. I'm not, I'm not saying sit around and don't do anything. You understand what's being said here? What's being said here is trust in Jesus. And not in your own strength and in your own power and in your own ability. And don't think you've got to hold it all together or, 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 or lift it all up or work to make it happen. We, we trust in Him from the beginning to the end and all the way in between. And if we do, we will be okay. Some of you young people are wondering about the will of God for your life. Well, here it is. Believe in Jesus. Believe in him at the beginning, all the way to the end, all the way through the middle, and you will be okay. If you will stay at his feet with your eyes looking up at his, listening to what he has to say, he delights in leading the steps of the righteous. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to show you the plan. He's going to show you the path. It's going to be all right. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is the work. Believe in the one he has sent. How many of you are struggling with that? You're like, that's it? That's all? My faith and trust in Jesus at the beginning, in the middle, all the way to the end? That's it? That's all I've got to do? So the conversation continues. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? <laughs> they, just, they just saw him feed over 5,000 people with a few fish and some bread. And then they're asking, how did you get to the other side of the lake? man?" Yeah, but, but they're wondering, what, you know, show us something else. What are you going to do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Always give us this bread, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus says, I it's it's isn't it almost like Mary and Martha again? Jesus is saying, No, 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 no. It's me. Choose me. Be okay. And I'm not going to rebuke that or take that from you. If you choose to trust in me, your faith in me, believe in me at the beginning to the end, all the way through the middle, you are going to be okay because Jesus is the bread of life and he is the water of life. And if we seek Him and trust in Him and live for Him, He knows the worldly needs that we have. He's going to care for those. right? If you can trust Him for your salvation and trust Him for your eternity, you can trust Him to care for you here. We don't have to be worried, troubled, upset. There's nothing I've got to hold together. Really not a lot dependent on me. I sit at his feet, gaze upon his face, listen to his words, and let my work flow out of that. I'm not saying we sit around and are lazy. That's not what people do who trust in Jesus at the beginning, in the middle, and all the way to the end. We work, but it's not a work driven by worry or upsetness. You like how I did that? I nest upset. (laughs) Upsetness. We're not driven by trouble or fear or or that I've got to control anything or hold anything together. It's a work that flows from having been with Jesus. Having walked with Him and talked with Him, trusting in Him at the beginning to the end everything in between. And when we trust in Jesus from the beginning to the end, everything in between, it is going to be okay. He is the bread of life. He is the living water that we, that we drink and are never thirsty again. You remember? Remember? That's even what it says all the way at the end of the book in Revelation. It's interesting that, that it's this teaching here that Jesus goes into that, uh, that everyone has a hard time with. Like maybe you're having a hard time with it. And, and when we get to verse 66, John 6, 66, we find that many are having a hard time with this and are walking away from Jesus. It's the uh, it's the Antichrist scripture, right? Six, six, six. Many are walking away from Jesus. Many left him and departed from him. In Christ, we've got a new life. It's a new life of 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 not worrying. And fearing, anxiety, and trouble, and trying to hold everything together. It's a a new life of of not laboring to to make everything work. It's a new life of, of sitting at his feet, gazing upon his face, trusting in him, trusting in the only begotten Son of God, trusting in the Holy One of God. Trusting in the one who alone has the words of life. Right after, uh, after 666, where everyone walks away, then Jesus looks at just a few, at the twelve, and he says, what about you guys? Are you going to leave? Are you leaving too? And Peter, Peter stands and says, no, 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 not us. Not us, we see you for who you are. We recognize that you're the Holy One of God. And we know that you alone have the words of life. We are with you all the way to the end. We're going to walk with you and talk with you. We're going to sit at your feet, gaze into your eyes, and listen to your voice. We believe that the work that you've called us to is to believe in you and that's what we are going to do. You remember Acts chapter 4? When they arrest Peter and John and they're questioning them and Peter speaks of the resurrection and he speaks that, that Jesus is the only name that saves and they said they didn't know what to do with these guys and they recognized that they were unschooled ordinary men but that they had been with Jesus. Them being with Jesus was all over them and affecting everything that they did. The work of the Lord that He has called us to is not one to be worried and troubled and upset and try to throw the world up on our shoulders and carry it to salvation. It is to believe in Jesus His yoke is easy, His burden is light. Come to me all you who are weary, troubled, burdened, and I will give you rest. That's Jesus speaking. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants us to sit at His feet, gaze into His face, listen to His voice, trust in Him, from the beginning to the end, and all the way in between. And if we do, we someday will stand before the Father with the confidence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will stand before the Father in the confidence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not by my effort, not by my wisdom, not by my works, not by my righteousness, by my faith in His Son, the only begotten Son of God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We trust in Him. We believe in Him from the beginning to the end, all the way in between. When we do, we stand before the Father in the confidence of Christ. His sacrifice, His blood, His salvation, His righteousness, His work. He's the one that's got to hold it all together. He's the one that keeps the earth rotating. He's the one that founded it, formed it, created it. He made me. He can care for me. He can hold it. He can bless it. He can provide for it. He can do it. He calls me to trust in Him. Many hear this message and they walk away and say, That's hard, man. I can't do that. I think I'd rather worry and work. Labor and spin and toil. I'm gonna trust in me and and in my ability and my wisdom. Don't go down that path. That's that's not it. It's not what God has for us. Choose something better. There's a new life, a life lived. For our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Through him, with him, for him, by him. Believing in him. What about the work? Well, here's the work. You trust Jesus. You trust him at the beginning. All the way to the end. Every moment in between. And Someday you'll stand before the Father in the confidence of Christ. As I thought about that statement... In the confidence of Christ. I thought about Revelation chapter 5. You remember that? Where there is a scroll that appears that is in the hand of the Father that no one can open. No one's worthy. And Jesus appears. And Jesus goes in confidence to the Father and takes that scroll from the Father's hand. Now I'm not saying that'll ever be us. But we see the confidence of our Savior to approach the Father and take that scroll from His hand. And if we trust in Jesus, trust in Jesus, trust in Jesus, trust in Jesus, beginning to the end... Everything in between my story is my faith and trust is in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then someday I will stand before the Father in the confidence that I am an adopted child of God. That I am a citizen in His kingdom. That I am a child in His household. That I am welcome and called. And, it's a difficult word, and worthy because of Jesus. It's Jesus in the beginning. It's Jesus in the middle. It's Jesus to the end. It's Jesus for eternity. Back to church is back to Jesus. We need Jesus to sit at his feet, to gaze upon his face, to listen to his voice. Let's pray together.